everyone. This is Jeffrey Kerr. I'm here today with Karen Ziemba, who is currently getting ready to star as the villainous Miss Hannigan in North Carolina Theater's upcoming production of the beloved 1977 musical Annie, taking place from July 23rd through 28th at Raleigh Memorial Auditorium. Good morning, Karen. Good morning, Jeff. Karen's previous Broadway credits include A Chorus Line, 42nd Street, Teddy and Alice, Crazy for You, Chicago, Bullets Over Broadway, and most recently, Prince of Broadway. She has also earned three Tony Award nominations for her performances in Steel Pier, Never Gonna Dance, and Curtains, as well as a win in the year 2000 for her contact. Her TV credits include Elementary, Madam Secretary, The Good Wife, Law and Order, Scrubs, and has also performed on the Tony Awards, PBS's Great Performances, and the Kennedy Center Honors. So, to start things off, how are rehearsals going? <laughs> Very well, thank you. We have many little girls, uh, many little orphan girls <laughs> in, the, in the rehearsal room, so there's a lot of dancing and singing from uh, pint-sized kids. It's really Really fun. Oh, <laughs> uh, yeah. In show business, they say never work with kids nor animals, yet Annie is a show that lets you do both. I know. A lot of us, um, older people in the, the older people in the cast, the, the more senior people in the cast, whenever that dog comes out with that red bow, it's we all start tearing up. It's so fabulous. You know, when he cut, which I won't give it away, spoiler alert, but uh, the dog is one of the best things in the show, Sandy, (laughs) played by Macy. And trained by Bill Berloni, who's really spent the last 40 years or so training Sandys for Annie. That's right. That's how he got started, was he found the original Sandy for Annie when it was um, doing a pre-Broadway tryout at the Good Speed Opera House in Connecticut. And Bill found his niche. He was wonderful with animals, and he said, for the rest of my life, I'm going to train rescue animals for the stage and for the performing arts. And he did, and he's the best. And he's such a wonderful man. He really is. I uh, recently worked with him in Bullets Over Broadway, and uh, that's how we became um, close friends. And uh, he's a great guy. But it's so nice to be with one of his dogs in this show. What's it like so far for you getting to put on a show here in Raleigh, North Carolina? I'm really enjoying myself in Raleigh. I've never been here. Um, I have one of my brothers lives um, west of here um, mm. near Hillsborough. But and so I've been there, but I've never been in Raleigh proper and its environs. And it's a beautiful city. It's really a nice, nice place. The driving around, you get sometimes you get country, sometimes you get horse farms, sometimes you get lakes, sometimes you get, you know, downtown. It's fabulous here. And the people are very nice. And I really like it. Yeah. Is your brother planning to come see you in the show? You bet. I got eight people coming on Saturday night. Actually, I've got. 10 people coming on Saturday, Saturday night, the, the 28th. All right. <laughs> 27th, excuse me. So, I guess going back, how familiar were you with Annie prior to getting involved with NCT's production? I have seen a few productions of Annie because I have had friends that have uh, been part of it. And I saw the original Annie, the original run of Annie starring Sarah Jessica Parker. Oh. When she played Annie, uh, that was the first time I saw it. And then I'd seen it more recently at the Westport Playhouse in Connecticut, a production of it. It's just a fabulous show. The music is, the score is wonderful. It's very eclectic, and, and yet it brings back sort of the feeling of the 1930s, too, which is when it is, when it is set, the time the, the story is set. And the lyrics by uh, Martin Charnin, the late Martin Charnin, who mm. just passed away, yes. uh, he 
they're just delicious and fun. And the book by Tom Meehan, who was one of our premier, you know, golden age writers, just wrote this book that's so fantastic and funny and, and moving. It makes you cry. It makes you laugh. It's it's fantastic. So we're really we're really like pigs in mud here. We're really having a good time. We really have a lot of great material to work on. So we're really lucky. Well, yeah. In fact, I should point out that the first time my mom saw Annie, it was the original Broadway production with Sarah Jessica Parker, not as Annie, but as one of the Orphans July. Okay. <laughs> she moved up. <laughs> <laughs> well, well, yeah. But, I mean, I guess especially either way, but I guess to her, seeing her just as an orphan way before moving on up in show business, that's probably special. Yes. Yes, it is. Yeah, well, she's, she's a very nice lady, so she deserves it. Mm-hmm. I, I like her. Yeah. And very talented, too. Mm-hmm. As you mentioned, Martin Charnin, yeah, we can't talk about Annie without talking about him being, of course, recently deceased. He was not only right. the lyricist, but he also was the original director of, well, he directed many productions over the years, not just on Broadway, but around the world. And he yes. also was kind of the brains behind it all. Right. He, ca- he really kept that it, the machine running so to speak, and um, made sure that it was done correctly and with all the heart and technical aspects of it that were important for it to run smoothly because it's got a lot of moving pieces and you have a lot of children in it. That's a task. And before we started recording this, well, you mentioned to me that when you noticed my color ideas from Canton, Ohio, because I'm someone who grew up in Northeast Ohio, and I was quite excited when I found out that you studied dance at the University of Akron, which is yes. about 40 minutes from where I used to live. That's right. And I danced with the Ohio Ballet for a year when there was a professional ballet company right there that performed at E.J. Thomas Performing Arts Hall. So that's what I thought I wanted to do. I mean, it was a great background for me to have all that wonderful classical dance it really um helped me when i got into the musical theater because i had such a great dance had such wonderful dance training and also performance training i had you know been on stage professionally before i got into the musical theater so it was a great background to have and i loved going to school in akron it was a lot a lot of fun and i taught at the canton ballet and canton um youth theater too for a little while that was like a job I had. I think when I was a junior in college, I would drive every Saturday I'd come in and I'd teach like a movement class for the Canton Youth Theater and uh, teach some ballet classes for the Canton Ballet. Well, I've been living in Raleigh for the past few years, but I am aware of the great theater scene in Canton overall. Mm-hmm. Yeah. There's stuff going on. And you've also worked a lot with director-choreographer Susan Stroman, and a couple right. of your collaborations actually segue into some of my next questions. Well, well, first off, I'd like to say that, of course, you played Polly Baker in Crazy for You, and, and I don't know if you know this, but the girl playing Star to be in your production, Carly Grissom, actually got to meet and interview her for NCT Conservatory's production of a Crazy for You a few years ago. Uh-huh. And she played the part for that? Yeah, Polly Baker. Oh, she she hasn't come up to me and, and mentioned that, so I didn't know that. Well, well, hey, maybe it's something you can come up and mention to her next time. Uh, that's right. Yeah, she's very good. I, as a cast is, uh, of this production of Annie is wonderful. Mm-hmm. They've got some really great people in it, and they're all we're all having a good time. They all seem very talented and nice, and uh, doing their job. Hitting their marks, as we say. <laughs> well, oh, well, yeah, and I should also point out that Nicholas Dremard, who's playing Rooster, I've interviewed him three years ago for Mary Poppins here in NCT, where he played Bert. Right. 
Yes, I pl- I've worked with um, Nicholas in uh, production of 42nd Street for the Lexington Theater Company. Ah, and, and so I've worked with Nick before. He's terrific, too. We're having a good time playing brother and sister in this one. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and 42nd Street is a show you did on Broadway in the 80s where you play Peggy Sawyer. Right, yep. And then later when I did it with Nick was for Lexington Theater was um, I played Dorothy Brock. Mm. So I, I graduated. <laughs> wow. Lucky you. Yeah. yeah. So anyway, back to Susan Stroman. One of your collaborations with her was Contact, which you won your Tony Award for. And your category that year seemed to have some pretty good company with your co-star Deborah Yates, then 20-year-old Laura Benanti, Ian Hampton Calloway, and the legendary Eartha Kitt. So what do you remember about Tony Night back then from your win to the show-winning Best Musical? It was so exciting that Contact at Lincoln Center Theater won the Tony that night. It was an incredible piece. People that I speak to now that uh, mention it to me still remember it very fondly and very, because of the stories within the, the, the evening were so moving and funny. And I just, I think a lot of people related to it. And especially my piece, uh, which was about a housewife who went into her fantasies because she needed to escape her real life. And I think a lot of people related to that, too. And I got letters and, and um, mentions from many women who said, my God, that Karen, that was my life. You really nailed it. That's how I you know, felt for a long, long time. And, and it was really beautiful. And so that meant a lot to me. For, for Susan Stroman, it was just a, a labor of love, that piece. And a lot of the people in that I still am, uh, am close with. You know, any kind of a show, and a lot of them are, that I've done with Susan Stroman, where there is a lot of dancing and a lot of partner work where you're actually like in somebody's arms and dancing and being responsible for each other. It's, you become very close in many ways, literally and figuratively, because of your, the relationship and the bond that you create or that naturally comes from having that proximity with somebody and having to worry about whether they're, you know, getting kicked in the head or, you know, or, you know, or the relationship you're having is two characters. And so I find that, and also with the tone that Susan Stroman sets because of her personality and her kindness and patience and sense of fun, even though she's very demanding, is it sets the tone for, and it's a trickle-down effect. Everybody has this really wonderful experience. My memory of, of contact is such a, a positive one. Plus, Lincoln, working at Lincoln Center Theater is such a dream. The people there are so great, and so that was a wonderful time. But anyway, the Tony Award, uh, uh, yes, and that was really fabulous. <laughs> and I remember Eartha Kitt was sitting right behind me, and I was like, oh, my God, she's going to win. She's going to win. <laughs> you know, because she was, you know, sort of the iconic. She was an icon, and well, I was crazy about her. But you just never know. But then they called my name, and I got up, and I raced down there. And Rosie O'Donnell said, 45 seconds. That's all you guys are supposed to talk. Get on and get off. So I spoke pretty quickly and got off, and because uh, you don't want to preempt somebody else's musical number, you want to don't want to talk too much, and uh, that was it. And it was very exciting, and we all celebrated. It was a wonderful evening, it really was. And th- and what was cool about it was that my very first big professional job in New York City was at Radio City Music Hall. There was a big summer show called Encores, and mm-hmm. I was in. The, one of the big numbers uh, that was the Broadway number in that show. So that was my first big professional gig. So I was very comfortable in Radio City Music Hall, even as large as it is. I felt very safe and warm up on that stage when I went up to accept the Tony. And it was, it was, like, coming, it was like coming full circle. Wow. 
and I hope you don't mind me asking about this, but there was a bit of controversy over Contact winning Best Musical back then because it contained no original music nor live singing. It was a dance play with pre-recorded music and minimal dialogue. And there were a ton of arguments about what actually constitutes a musical, which led to the American Theatre Wing creating a new Tony Award for Best Special Theatrical Events that was given on and off from 2001 to 2009. So how did you respond to all of that? I felt that Contact, even though it was a new sort of a hybrid kind of musical, the fact that it had acting and dance and music in it, even though it wasn't live music, it did constitute, you know, a musical production and it was theatrical. It was like three plays to music is told through dance and dialogue. So it was a very special piece of its own, but I felt it definitely because it, it contained all the things that a play, a musical, a new piece, new stories be being brought to life by live actors and dancers. It had all of those elements in it. So I felt it definitely deserved Tony just because of the response it gave and the people, the, the quality of it and what the, you know, the kind of stories that, that Stroman was trying to tell and John Weidman, who was her collaborator on that. So... That's my feeling about it, and I'm glad it did, because I think for myself, part of the reason why I was so fortunate to receive the Tony Award was not only because of what I brought to it, but also because I was in a piece that was so, so beautifully realized and rendered and written and, and choreographed, and when you're in a piece that's so good, it just buoys your performance and makes you look that much better, you know? Mm-hmm. And also does make sense to the shows that have been winning Best Musical recently, shows that have really been pushing the boundaries of musical theater, like A Fun Home, or Dear Evan Hansen, or The Band's Visit, or Town, or, of course, the mother of it all, Hamilton. Right, yes, they're all very different. Some of these new musicals in the past ten years, they have certain formula things that work, like a traditional musical, but then they go off course and create something new and that's what it's about that's what art is about and so that's what they're doing and yet holding on to some of those elements continuing a story along with the dance and i mean i thought i just saw hamilton recently for the first time wow and believe it or not and uh, <laughs> i was just so overwhelmed by how lin-manuel and thomas kale's work unbelievable and yet i thought it was Andy Blankenbuehler's movement and staging that kind of really made it soar because you had all these people on the sides and in the back and all throughout reenacting what they were singing about. And it was not done with a lot of props. It was all done just with the, their bodies and, and gestures and attitude. It was so phenomenal. I thought, wow, this is called collaboration. I mean, the way the whole pie you know just kind of came out of the oven and just was like here we go and you've got the best pie you've ever had you know uh -huh. it was like okay these guys really collaborated and made every single moment you know count it was a really beautiful it was really beautiful piece. Well, yeah, especially appreciate how, you know, Thomas Kill really kept things suggested more than literal in his statement. Yes, yes, definitely. It was, you kind of uh, make up your own, you have your own feelings of what happened. And it's like bending history a little bit, but giving you history that you've never read about before. So it's a little bit, it's like a Gore Vidal book. You know, it's about somebody 
like Lincoln, but it's there, he goes off the path a little bit. You think, ooh, could that really have happened? You know, it's taking theatrical license, and that's what art in the theater is about, too. Let's, let, let's see what we can, uh, let's see what, what kind of thoughts we can provoke right here, you yeah. know? Yes. And uh, one of your most recent collaborations with Susan Stroman was Bullets Over Broadway back in 2014, which also had Marin Maisie in the role of Helen Sinclair. And Marin sadly died of ovarian cancer almost a year ago at this point. What were your memories of working with her? Well, I worked with Marin, became very good friends with Marin Maisie over 20 years ago in And the World Goes Round. Ah. That was uh, one of Stroman's shows also. Mm -hmm. And uh, Marin and I worked together at the West Side Theater um, off-Broadway in that. And then we did the tour, the national tour together also. So we became very good friends, and we have been friends since then. And then when I had been approached about auditioning for Bullets Over Broadway to the Broadway production, when they finally were going to put it into a Broadway, you know, really going on the boards... I remember calling Marin and asking her about the piece and, and how much she, encouraging she was, <clears throat> saying, yes, we'd love, we want you to do this. And she really took care of me. She <clears throat> talked to the producers and she said, you know, this, this person you should hire and I want this girl to be in the dressing room next to me. <laughs> she, she really took care of me. She was sort of like my big sister, you know, putting, taking me under her wing because she had been involved with the project for a while already. So... My recollections of Marin in that show were fantastic. She was wonderful in the show, too. Were really positive. And then, of course, soon after that, I went to see her in all the productions that she did, all of her, you know, her concert club acts that she did, 54 Below. I saw her in The King and I when she took over. I saw her in, um, I can't remember the name of the play. She did the Terrence McNally play at Classic Stage Company that she was in about Majinski and Diaghilev. That was a wonderful play. Uh, so I continued to see her in all her theatrical endeavors, and she was wonderful. So it was it was just a terrible, terrible tragedy that she left this world. But she she became an advocate for getting awareness out there about ovarian cancer, and she left a great legacy. And she was a great leader. Whenever any production, theatrical production, she was part of. She was always taking care of others and 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 setting a great example. She was a very special lady. And I just looked it up. Uh, the pl Terrence McNally play uh, was called Fire and Air. Fire and Air. Thank you. Mm -hmm. In conclusion, what advice would you like to give to any aspiring young performers out there? If you want to go into the theater, I suggest that you got to know right from the bat that it's not, you can't do it alone. And so everybody involved in a theatrical production from the ground up, not just the people on stage, but everybody who helps put it together, technical, theatrical, musical, whatever it is, you're all in it together and you all must be responsible for each other and put it together as a team. It only makes the finished product that much more wonderful and that you have to be there for each other and not just looking out for yourself because the next time you need, you know, somebody to be there for you and you never know, <laughs> you never know who that next big producer director is going to be that you're working with or that you're going to school with. It's like you really have to support each other because it ain't easy. It ain't for sissies, as <laughs> Betty Davis would say. Yeah. <laughs> for somebody. I don't know who said that, but it's really something you have to need to do.
and do it because you need to do it, not just because you want to be, you know, front and center. And uh, Karen, I thank you very much for devoting your time to this interview. No problem, Jeffrey. Yes. And so you're here at Raleigh, so you're going to be seeing the production. Oh, yeah, next Tuesday night. Great, great. Well, I hope you enjoy it. I hope so, too. And uh, for people who'd like to keep up with your career, where can they find you on the Internet? Oh, well, uh, I do have a website, karenzianbitme.com, which is actually, uh, I have to get back and uh, update it quite a bit because uh, I've been very lax with that, unfortunately. <laughs> But I do have an Instagram account, Karen, Karen M. Ziemba, Facebook, <laughs> Karen Ziemba, which also I don't, you know, visit as much as I should, but, you know, I'm getting better at it. In fact, oh. I think I'm going to send a picture from last night. I was with some of my cast members last night. Oh. We went to a wonderful place called Stir and had some dinner and a really good time. Okay. And we all look forward to seeing you and Annie next week. All right. Well, thank you, Jeffrey. Hey, no problem. It was great getting good to talk talk to, to you. you. Yeah, same here. Bye -bye. Okay. Have a Have nice a day. day. You too. Bye. Bye-bye. If you love this show, please leave us a review. Go to ratethispodcast.com slash podcast and follow the simple instructions. Feel free to subscribe to wherever you get this podcast. If you'd like to find more content from me, please visit my website, which is www.carereviews.net. You can also find it on Twitter at carereviews and me at Jeffrey Care. Thanks for listening, and I will see you all later.